Chapter 4, Emotional Intelligence. Case of the day. A case. Omar, a second-year emergency medicine resident, had recently finished a six-week-long stretch of shifts in the emergency department and had moved on to an administrative rotation when he was called into the program director's office. The program director was notified by clinical leadership in the department that there had been a number of recent complaints received from patients and nurses over the past few weeks regarding his performance. Omar had always scored at the top of his class with marks above the 95th percentile for the in-service exam, and he had performed well clinically during his intern year. He was one of the quieter residents and typically flew below the radar on shifts. He was not overly emotional and was typically one of the more soft-spoken residents. When he met with the program director, Lara, he's unaware of the reason. Thank you for meeting with me, Omar. We need to review your performance over the past few weeks in the emergency department as there were some comments made by patients and nurses about your interactions with them. Were you aware of any difficult situations over the past few weeks when you were working in the department? Asked Lara, the program director. Omar is not sure how to respond. Not really. What kind of comments? Lara hands him a piece of paper with the following comments. Patient complaint one. The resident did not listen to me. Patient complaint two. He didn't seem very happy to be there and was rude. Nursing complaint. Omar is consistently dismissive of suggestions made by nursing staff and does not communicate his plans effectively. Question for the reader. How can the theories of emotional intelligence help us to understand the current situation? Overview. Overview. Emotional intelligence is an umbrella term describing the processes of cognitive awareness and flexibility in human interaction. At its peak, it refers to a high level of emotional discrimination and the synergistic ability to use that information to respond in an empathic manner. Here's some background. Emotional intelligence, EI, was first described in child psychology literature in 1966 and later popularized in the 1980s when EI or EQ, emotional quotient, was introduced as a way to explain cognitive ability in contrast to the traditional intelligence quotient or IQ. While viewed with skepticism by academic psychologists initially, the framework took hold in popular culture. Now used by large businesses and leaders to improve the processes and function of their workers, the framework continues to be refined through various models. Three of those models of emotional intelligence exist, the ability model, the mixed model, and the trait model. First, the ability model. The ability model described by Peter Salavoy and John Mayer in the late 1980s, addresses four levels of emotional intelligence. One, perception and expression of emotions accurately. Two, utilization of emotions to facilitate thinking. Three, understanding and analyzing emotions. And four, regulating and managing emotions appropriately in yourself and others. Subject to the largest number of research studies, it has been criticized for poor practical outcomes and correlation with other measures. Other models have subsequently shown better predictive value than the ability model. So the second is the mixed model. The mixed model, described by Daniel Goleman in the 1990s, identifies characteristics of emotional intelligence that drive leadership performance, namely self-awareness, self-regulation, 
social skill, empathy, and motivation. The characteristics are interconnected. For example, as one becomes more self-aware, they are better able to regulate their emotions and social skills. The subject is better able to manage stressful situations and interpersonal conflicts, and the subsequent success is self-propagating. This model, and its author, is the basis of the popularity of the EI framework through his book, Emotional Intelligence, written in 1995. This model, and Goleman's approach in general, has also received a large amount of criticism due to the lack of a consistent relationship between his pillars of EI and participant performance. When EI has been studied with general intelligence and personality is controlled, its effect has been muted. The third is the trait model. The trait model, described by Petrides in the 2000s, describes EI as a personality framework and refers to an individual's perception of their own emotional abilities. Developed more recently, the trait model elucidates central parts of the mixed model while rejecting the ability model's behavioral focus. By focusing on personality traits, the model requires self-assessment and is highly reliant on the self-awareness of an individual to effectively judge a subject's personality. In medical students, it has been shown to be more effective as a measure of personality than the ability model. Modern Takes on This Theory The work studying EI in the era of virtual interaction is an embryonic science. As distance education becomes increasingly prevalent, understanding how EI might manifest in virtual or online communities will be of great importance. While not directly studied in medicine, multiple studies have shown that EI is relevant to effective leadership in the virtual world. Strong communication skills, where visual cues may not be apparent, are more vital to the success of groups. Work on a new framework for virtual EI is ongoing. Here are some other examples of where this theory could apply. More eye contact leads to more effective communication and perception of emotion. Physicians who looked more frequently at patients were more successful in recognizing psychological distress. The primary way we read emotions is nonverbal. 10% is spoken word, 40% is verbal tone, 50% is facial expression. Similarly, Patient satisfaction was most strongly correlated to emotional, expressive, nonverbal behavior on the part of the clinician. Physicians who were better at expressing their emotions had patients who rated them as listening more and being more caring and sensitive than those doctors who were less adept at this. Labeling patients' emotions can help with empathy. Starting an interview with a patient who is visibly upset may be best managed by labeling this emotion. Physicians infrequently use emotional language, and a conscious effort may be necessary. Positive and negative emotions are contagious in the group setting, especially when demonstrated by the leader of a group. This can be particularly important in the clinical setting when working in teams, specifically in a resuscitation or crisis event. Returning to the case. Case of the day. Lara asked Omar about his thoughts on the feedback he just received, as Omar appeared visibly upset. To his surprise, however, he very casually replied that he was fine. Omar was looking away and his arms were crossed. At that moment, it became clear to Lara what the problem was. Lara asked Omar if he recognized what his current body language was indicating to her. 
he sheepishly replied. No, not really. Omar was embarrassed. He quickly admitted to Lara that he had struggled with social interaction all his life, and that it didn't come naturally to him. Omar admitted to her that he wanted to improve, and continued to add that he would not be interested in seeking a therapist. However, Omar stated that his advisor in medical school attempted multiple times for him to seek mental health treatment, but Omar did not want any associated stigma. Surprised that mental health was the only prior suggestion offered, Lara asked Omar if he had ever encountered a concept called emotional intelligence. When he indicated that he had not, she offered some observations and the contact information for a local counselor specializing in the area. At the conclusion of their discussion, Omar and Lara were able to agree on a plan. Omar suggested that he lead a 30-minute talk on emotional intelligence during the residency's weekly conference to make more residents aware of the concept. He and Lara both noted that many others could also benefit from this new knowledge. In preparation, Omar set forth to review current literature and provide a succinct workshop on methods that physicians at all levels can implement. They also agreed to set up weekly check-ins to discuss his interactions. His first goal was to maintain eye contact for at least a short period of time with every patient encounter. A week later, Omar was inspired by his readings and suggested that his next goal be to explore how physical presence can affect his patient interactions. He had set forth to add a firm handshake upon introducing himself, but also had begun sitting down next to his patients and being cognizant to avoid crossing his arms. <laughs>